Live and in color. There we are. You got me? I got you. How about that? Just waiting on the colonel. Hey! Colonel is here! Man, the colonel shows. Yo! Welcome to episode two of the Perlo Podcast Top Ten List from the South Carolina Low Country. I am joined, as always, by Mathis. What's up, what's up? And Adam. Boys, how are you? Those are our famous listers. I am your host, Shane, and we are recording on February 17th, President's Day, and we're actually getting to the podcast. America, America. Love it or leave it. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to get to you this a day early. Usually it's your Wednesday drive to work, but in honor of the holiday, President's Day, and us not having to work today except Adam, we will get you this for your Tuesday drive to work this week. As always, the format of the show is we have two topics that we will discuss. Each of these guys will present their top 10 list for them, and we will debate them. I will also bring up notable omissions before we get into them, and they will badger me for how horrible I am for including them in the notable omissions. Matt McGloin, huge fail. Um, (laughs) Terrible. Terrible. This is a winning formula. You know what I'm saying? The guy... But first, I want to talk about the response from episode one, guys. We had 30-plus listeners. We had people subscribing to us on Spotify. Thank you. People were sending us their lists. People were debating in text. I mean, Brett Romberg, the top 10 most important players in college football, BCS, and playoff history. I mean, wow. I mean, a list without Romberg is a list I don't want to be a part of. I I mean, that's just all there is to it. Well, here's the deal. One, before we recorded this podcast, I ate a whole 16-ounce steak, so I'm a little passive. I'm a little full <laughs> right now. I'm a little slow on the draw compared to how I was last time. But I will say this, that just thinking about Brett Romberg being on that list gets me fired up. <laughs> it gets me out of my meat coma, gets the meat sweats <laughs> off of me, and just pisses me right off. Well, I live in perpetual meat sweats, so I have to just – I've learned to battle through. Um you know, when it's, when it's your way of life, you have to find a way to power it out. And I am amped up about these two lists tonight. Oh, this is going to get aggressive tonight. I'm ready Mathis, for that. Mathis is trying a new headset and Bluetooth tonight. We had a lot of trouble getting this thing ready today, but we got it ready. And he actually sounds more clear today. It doesn't sound like he's in a tunnel. So, that's <laughs> no, he good sounds thing. good. He sounds so good. So, today's topics. Today's topics. We got two of them for you. We'll start off with top. 10 sitcoms of all time sitcoms are situational comedies things you see on tv and then after that we will get into a very heated historical debate of top 10 worst people of all time that is a user suggested top 10 list by no days off johnson so you you can be a part of our podcast just by sending this in we will take your suggestions because we need content (laughs) not only do we need content but this show is for you, people. This is to get you thinking, to get you engaged into the world itself. So, Shane, if I may, real quick before we get started, let me just go ahead and suggest how to listen to this episode. You want to go ahead and start your day with best sitcoms. You know, the, it's light, the jokes, you're feeling good, you're starting your day well. And then once the bucket of crap that is your every day at work has finally poured over you, Get in that car and cap it off with the second half of this podcast, which is most evil people in history. So what you're saying is it is the pickle on the crap sandwich that is your typical Tuesday. 
Oh, sir, this right here. See that? I, you know, most people are like, oh, it's like that. No, no, no. This is a big bowl of crap, but there's a fleck of ice cream on top of it. And that's well, the sitcom. Well, before we get piece. into our list, as always, we got to bring up some, some, some news in the world. And we'll start with XFL standings. The D.C. Defenders leading the East at 2-0. The Houston Roughnecks are also 2-0, but they're in the West. So, a lot going on the first two weeks of XFL football. I really like some of the rule changes. I like the kickoff. I really like um, being able to hear the coaches. And poor Matt McGloin. You got to watch what you say, man. Yeah, don't call it the coach's game plan at halftime. I'm also really happy you're given standings of a league that will not exist within the next two weeks. No, but, it is over. It is quasi-unwatchable football. I mean, well, Cardell Jones leads the league with 511 yards. and he First was of all, first, Cardell's first always first. been a personal hero of mine when he said, we ain't come here to play school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and of course, where did Cameron Artis Payne go? Was he Auburn? Oh, you know he was Auburn, buddy. Oh, yeah. He's he's he's. Gus, Gus Bus. So, anyways, let's move on from that. XFL updates over. We'll get back to that next next time. No, we won't because it won't exist. (laughs) (laughs) First list we got tonight are the top 10 sitcoms of all time. I'll start off with our notable omissions, things they did not include in their list. First is MASH. You know what? I had MASH. I was going to say MASH, but it's hard to go with something that couldn't decide if it was a comedy or a drama and also, by the time you get to season, you know, 35 or whatever, and Alan Alda's doing the same deep stare off into the terrible wilderness. Every time. Yeah, it's – you really – it doesn't hold up. Like, you don't watch MASH now and go, man, this is great comedy. Number one, it is a sitcom about the Korean War. America's forgotten war, all right? Two – who in the group of us can say, yeah, I watch MASH on Nick at Night all the time. You didn't, so don't lie to me. Don't sit here and lie to my face. <laughs> but you definitely watch, you watch MASH. Hey, I'm going to tell you the truth. Also, women hate MASH because they spend the majority of that show cheating on their significant others. Oh, like, yeah. That obviously was okay in the 50s, and I was unaware. Like, I mean, I did not know everybody in the 50s was off, you know, hoping to get drafted so they can go impregnate a Korean local. Next show, I Love Lucy. Mm. Yeah, my sister loved I Love Lucy. I kind of hated it because it, it's every episode. It, here, hold on. Here's every episode of I Love Lucy right now. Lucy, you cannot come to the club tonight. Enrique, <laughs> I want Lucy, you can't. And then she goes, and then it's trouble, and then everything's fine. Repeat next. Cultural week. impact. Cultural impact, though. Next show, Frazier. Man, Fra- here's the thing about Frasier, and I say, and I say this with a lot of love for the gay community. It is the gayest show ever to be put on television, and I include Will and Grace, because honestly, those two brothers just were so closeted, and it was supposed to be smart, but they made smart so, I guess, effeminate. It nobody wanted to be Frasier. I just, I mean, and it was funny at times, but I just. I couldn't go with it in my top ten. I just couldn't make that happen. Okay. Well, well, one, the man from the Pines is apparently offended <laughs> by gay people, and that's a whole other show unto itself. Uh, two, uh, I had Frazier actually at number eight, and then I realized, like, man, Frazier kind of sucks. Like, I don't ever want to watch Frazier. I don't sit down and yeah, I'm like, I, oh, boy. The dog, was, the dog was really my favorite character on that show. And when that's when the that case, case, 
I can't do it. Can't do it. John Wayne is hey. sorry. What'd you do? Wait a second. We're good. Are we, We're good. Are we good? So after Fraser, what I mean you said you mentioned Will and Grace. That's also my notable omissions. I, I like Will and Grace. I just it's I'm an absolutely funny show for one. Yeah, I'm like some yeah, of the others. Yeah, I mean it was it's it's extremely funny. The problem is I don't know that it holds up. I know they br- try to bring it back. Um, those characters are interesting, but again, top ten sitcoms. You're talking about things that really move the needle. Um, I just didn't feel like it really did, and those characters don't. I hate to say you don't care about them, but I don't think you're as invested as you were, and you're going to be some of the ones that we picked. Um, and I think investment in those characters is really where you got to go. When you look at top ten sitcoms, but Jack, you know, just right. Jack. How about Dick Van Dyke? I don't want to watch an old man fall over furniture. Yeah, let's just trip over that ottoman one more time. Like, we yeah. don't know where it is. God. Although, I would tell you, secret man, secret crush, Mary Tyler Moore. Um, yeah. I'm on board, just, yeah. Yeah, that was told, on here. Even, e- even in black and white. Speaking of crushes, Gilligan's Island. Ooh. Ooh. Well, you know what? I deeply regret admitting that. But that's a nostalgia <laughs> pick for me. Because that's also like I Love Lucy, where it just runs over and over again. And most sitcoms do, but Gilligan's Island is extremely redundant. Well, and also, it really, and no wrong, all sitcoms strain believability. But Gilligan's Island, these cats are building like hot air balloons out of coconuts. I mean, at some (laughs) point, you really can't take it. You can't even be in the realm of reality with them. It's hard Wasn't to do. There an episode where the Globetrotters came to the island? To I, you know what? I believe that that could happen. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> Sometimes when y'all call me the colonel, I imagine that y'all imagine that my voice is Thurston Howell the Third's voice. <laughs> where he's like, we love you. What about all of the money? Like, that's how y'all... two more before me. we get to the list. All, hey, also, skip, also, the skipper, one of those guys who's out of shape, but looks like he could take you anytime. Like oh, he has he that big gut in front. Hold. Of, um, of Rick. <laughs> All right. How about How I Met Your Mother and Blackish? Two modern ones that didn't make the list. Uh, like Blackish, fine. It's pretty funny. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. I think Burnett and I had this conversation the other night that it is a big overrated pile of crap. <laughs> how I Met Your Mother. I'm telling you, it is just at, how hard is it to tell the story? Here she was. I found her. Why do I have to go on a 15-season journey? To, the only redeeming value in that is Barney. And realistically, he's the only one I care about, and he's an ancillary character. That show is so overrated. It, it is the Tracy McGrady of wow, sitcoms. Wow. Like, it is absolutely – like it made an all-star game because the fans voted it in. And I really wish it would stop playing on TNT every single night. Okay. One to well done. the trash you're talking about, Tracy McGrady, I will not stand for because I loved those Yao, Dikembe Mutombo, Tracy McGrady first round knockout Houston teams. And you've got to love the Tracy McGrady suits. So they're all horrible. Let's get into the top 10 list. All right. We'll start with number 10. We'll start on Adam's side. He has a show I'm currently binge watching, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Love it. Uh, fun fact. All right, so I have been watching it since it came out in 2005. And it came out with a a contest on FX to create a show, and it won the contest. It is, without a doubt, one of the funniest shows 
I have ever seen in my life. It is always relevant. It is always topical. And the writing is always outstanding. And that's why I included it on my list of top 10. It's never won an award. It will never win an award. But in terms of quality every season, it is a top 10 all time. I'll be honest. I, I, I know people who love Always Sunny. Um, I'm not one of them just because I, I just had a hard time getting into it. And they, they seem smug without necessarily having earned that right. But I do agree that it's, it is kind of in that, that, that in the league. And I had the yeah, league on my list. Um, and I had the league a little more, a little higher. Um, I took the league off later on. I'll explain why. But um, I felt like the league is a little more grounded, a little more highbrow. But I can see where why you would have Always Sunny. I think a lot of people would agree with you. I am definitely in the minority on that. You are telling me that a show, the league, <clears throat> that has a whole episode about eating bad beef and having diarrhea in public <laughs> is a more highbrow show than a show that handles the North Korean crisis and gun crisis. But Spooky Sushi. Right. Yes, oh, I need my sushi. So Mathis' ten appears later on Adam's list, so we'll pause on that. Let's look at Mathis's number nine, a show I like, but it's kind of like a guy we'll talk about later in the worst people list, Cosby Show. Oh, yeah, I, I picked this one, um, and I knew it was going to be somewhat controversial because I, Bill Cosby is obviously a bad man. There's no sure. question, but if you can separate the man – from the show, it's the first show to depict an upper class black family, yeah. um, and how important that is to America at the time. Here's another stat for you five consecutive number one seasons, the first one to ever do it. Family comedy for an underrepresented group, and I think for a lot of people, that was for especially for a lot of rural white folks, that's the first time you ever saw what a black family could look like. And what they, you know, these people are just like me and they have the same things that go on. And, you know, there are black doctors and there are black lawyers. And, you know, the fact that it was gravitated to by all races and cultures kind of shows a positive move for America. I mean, I hate not like Cosby Show no, Save America, agree. but I think it's definitely a it's a it's a high point show. I don't think you can say it didn't have a major impact on American television. Um, as evidenced by they took what was a hour of comedy by Bill Cosby and turned it into nine or 10 seasons and launched those careers. I just, it's a major, it's a major milestone for American television. Okay. May I rebuttal to this? Sure. Quickly, quickly. Oh, well, if it gets quickly, I'll move on. But here's my larger argument. The argument that you made is the equivalent of the, you got to give it to Hitler. Yeah, he did some bad stuff, but boy, that Volkswagen bug sure is a good car. <laughs> There were other people that worked on that show besides Bill Cosby. There were other people that built the Volkswagen bug other than Hitler. <laughs> so Raven Simone? Raven Simone came from that show? Oh. Uh, Adam's number nine is my personal number one, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. Oh. I did that. What did you just what? Are you- oh man, I like Fresh Prince, but go ahead. I'll I'll hit my rebuttal later. Go ahead. Well, your whole point was it depicts upper middle class Black America, and I thought this was a great depiction of upper middle class Black America that was both funny, poignant, and had no one raping people on it. Which is my <laughs> favorite thing about it. And uh, I just I love Fresh Prince. I think it's great. I think a lot of people uh, of the '90s and early 2000s generation. We really identify with the show. We recognize key moments of the show. I mean, 
there's moments of the show that are memes now, and I think, at least from my perspective, it has to be one of the top ten shows of all time. I feel fresh. Oh, French, and again, wh- no one raped anybody <laughs> making the show. Uncle Phil was not roofing people. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th- pour some out for Uncle Phil. I once again, I don't think Fresh Prince is a very watchable show. There's no doubt about it. But it's such a vehicle for Will Smith, and everything's built around him. I don't feel like they fleshed out a ton of the other characters in that show. Carl, Carlton, you're Carlton yeah. is not really? fleshed out. Oh, Carlton, Carlton is a stereotype from the word go. But I get, I get what you're saying. It was, it doesn't beat the Cosby Show because I feel like the Cosby Show really kind of pushed that ground first. Yes, Bill Cosby is a terrible guy. Um, we're losing listeners in the African American community by the second for that. All by the three way. of them. <laughs> They're all related to me. But still, like you push forward, Fresh Prince just doesn't make the top ten for me. It it had some moments. I just felt like the Cosby Show was there first, and I thought it was more important. Um, I can see your argument. I just totally disagree with it. Okay. Well, let's look at Adam's number eight. Let's see what you think about this one, Mathis. This is also a great one, Arrested Development. There's Dude. always money. Oh, in I wish I had put that. I, oh, I wish I had put that. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, I loved Arrested Development because it's another one like It's Always Sunny. It's not appreciated in its time. But the char- we talk about fleshing out characters, right? Has oh, there yeah. ever been a better show that fleshed out all of its characters and each character was just as funny as the next one? I don't think so. I, I think it, it is it, it is absolutely and what's funny is it's absurd and knows it's absurd and does not care. No. I mean it it really and like I said, they gave equal screen time to every single character. Even maybe has storylines. Yeah. And there's no reason for her to have storylines other than they thought it was funny. And they really didn't seem to care whether they got canceled or not, which is amazing in itself. Yes. Um I'm very jealous I didn't put that one. The only ha- the only knock on it was is that it didn't last very long. Um, you know, I would have liked to see where it could have gone, but I, yeah, that's a good pick, and, uh, and no doubt. Like, you know, I thought about putting Community on here. Well, Community constantly kept getting canceled, but it's another one where it's great characters, great writing, very funny, very influential. A lot of shows now definitely are influenced by it, but it's not appreciated in its own time. So I kept Arrested Development, but I chunked Community. That was a smart move. <laughs> How about yeah. Mathis's number eight, Modern Family? Uh, white I like I like Modern Family because I think it it takes the single camera, the single camera idea, that whole documentary office parks and rec kind of thing, and runs with it. And I think it sh- I think the premise behind it is that American families are changing, and how f- and the pitfalls of what that's going to become. Too you know, bad. the idea of, of the gay culture. And the gay couple adopting and having that child and they're a normal part of that family because that's something you see now that wasn't a part of maybe you would have seen 30 years ago. Um, Really, I think it makes Sophia Vergara. I don't think you know who she is without that show. Um, It brings back Ed O'Neill because when you look at Ed O'Neill now, there's a generation that doesn't remember Married with Children. You know, they remember they will remember him as being on Modern Family Um, embraces modern technology. You know, I think a lot of shows tend to show people because it's boring to show people on their phone. They use that technology to set up the characters where they're going. I guess Modern Family feels like it could happen when you look at it to me. Um, I feel like it, it could be my family. 
And so that's why, and they do that, and it's still hilarious. So that's why I pick Modern Family. Do you want me to have a rebuttal? Oh, sure, absolutely. Let's see what you got. I got, I mean, I, I'm so sick of the single camera interview, 30 stories, constant panning, <laughs> crap that is The Office. And I like Parks and Rec, don't get me wrong. But it's Dude, are so, you saying The Office is crap? That is, that's a bold statement, Cotton. I'm going to go out Good and Lord. Say this. The Office is wildly overrated. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, I don't, oh man. <laughs> Breaking news, the office, office is not on Adam's office list. is wildly overrated, <laughs> and people put it on in the background because they like the company of noise while they stand <laughs> on their phone slowly waiting to run out the clock on the rest of their lives. I'm so <laughs> sick oh. of everybody, one, treating the office like it's great. It's fine. And then, two, treating the office like it defines who you are as a person. Dude, what did Steve Carell do to your family? I love Steve Carell. Steve Carell's (laughs) great. All right, we're going to move on. This is a lot right now, so let's just go to Adam's. I will die on this hill. (laughs) We're on Mathis' side. Mathis is number seven. This was an interesting one to me, but I think a good pick in in reality is 30 Rock. Great pick. You know, it's funny, and it was not on my list originally. I sent the list to Shane early, and 30 Rock was not on it. And then I happened to see Tina Fey on the on the Academy Awards, and I thought, yeah, it's hard. You got to put that one on. It's a female driven show where the main character is not exactly somebody you want to be. Like she really <laughs> takes it on the chin in Thirty Rock a lot. Yeah. Um, which you know, I think there is something to be said for that for her as a writer. Um, also, I love the fact they actively make fun of NBC while they're on NBC. Yes. Like, and Alec Baldwin, kudos to him for taking the step down to television and really making that character into somebody who you really want to be. Like, I want to grow up and be Jack Donahue. Like, I just, I mean, that dude is just the uber cool older guy that, and, you know, for a movie star of his magnitude to come back down to that, it takes a lot. I mean, it takes some humility and to really dig into that, you know, I just thought that was worth being in the top 10. Oh, totally. And you know what's one, I want to make this side point. I totally agree with you. 30 Rock is great. I wish I'd put it on my list. Shane, have you noticed that Mathis keeps talking about which character he wants to grow up to be? Yes. Have you noticed that? <laughs> he's he's who he wants like, to be later. He's like, I want to be this handsome man when I grow up. Well, I know it's not going to happen, but I can dream. I have a CPAP that lets me dream every single night. For the first time in years, it does. Yes, sir. So I the best, in eight years. The best <laughs> episode of 30 Rock was the election episode with the parrot heads in Florida and how the whole election comes down to, to Florida and one county. That's eh, not, not totally wrong. Those nope. episodes super smart. <laughs> they so do a great number, job. Number seven for Adam was all in the family. Oh, you racist. Good Lord, you! Oh my goodness! Wow! Oh, gracious! I did not wait to say this. I knew Mathis would be. You! So uh, oh God! You are a colonel. There is no doubt about it. Oh, <laughs> it is a funny show. I enjoy Archie Bunker. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> I could sit here and make some argument that like the whole show is based on that. You know, Archie never wins and doesn't succeed and how it's about him coming to grips with his new world. And that the point is, is that Archie is outdated and that you're supposed to laugh at him and pity him and blah, blah, blah. But instead, I just enjoy Edith and Archie. And I I quite like it when he calls uh, him a meathead. And so I enjoy it. 
Well, it, and to be fair, I didn't pick All in the Family because I thought it I, – I don't know how well it holds up. Um, oh, it doesn't hold up at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I tell you what, and give them credit because that show launches another great show. It One of the few Jefferson. spinoffs that have ever worked is the Jeffersons because yeah. they had to have a character that could stand up to Archie Bunker, and it is George Jefferson. And you they know, hate that, each other. Yeah, without – they need you need those you need that dichotomy or it doesn't work. And so that actually to have a character that was strong enough to stand up to Archie eventually launched a what arguably a more successful franchise. I would definitely say a more su- successful franchise. All right. Adams number six. This will eliminate Mathis's argument that he just made. Number six is family matters. Ooh, Ooh. and you call me a bigot. Guess what? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, just listen, just listen. Everybody just enjoy for a second. The best part is you play I know you... Well, Reginald Vale Johnson. How can I be racist? I watched a show with What's... a main character whose real name is Reginald Vale Johnson. Isn't the prequel um, Die Hard? What the hell are you saying to me? <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's what, the hard part is arguing against Family Matters because it's a fun show, and Steve Urkel is one of the great characters of all time. Yes, uh, but is. I mean, it, I, go ahead and give your argument because I mean, it, it, and I know that I can sing that theme song as I sit here right now. Oh, I want you to be singing it on the ride to work. All right, Family Matters is just a great show. I love it. It is a spinoff in itself of a show called Perfect Strangers. If you're not familiar, all right, and I I just love the show. I had to put it on my list because it is nostalgic for me because we grew up watching Family Matters. And yes, for a hick family from Andrews, that is probably surprising. But you know what? Everybody loves Family Matters. Everybody likes Earth. Hey. Everybody likes Eddie Winslow. Everybody likes Mother Winslow. Hey, it's not surprising because for some reason, and I because I grew up maybe 20 miles from you, like – for some reason, WGN is on every single television down here because, yeah. you know, you'll want to know what's going on in Chicago when you're <laughs> in the bowels of South Carolina. There's so, nothing quite like living in the murkiest, swampiest part of the state and having every Cubs game and Braves game because you only have TBS and WGN. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, and then the WB, the WB love them some family matters now. I mean, love yes. them some family matters. Um, again, it just doesn't – it's not a bad show. And, again, you're splitting hairs here. But I just – like I said, it's Steve Urkel, one of the great characters of all time. It just doesn't – it it doesn't hold up to me. It's it's a, definitely a young adolescent show that I think, you know – but it's fun to watch. I mean, it's hard to argue with that, but it just doesn't make my top ten. I can't wait to I don't... pop you in the mouth with a shoe this weekend <laughs> right, for well, what you're saying right now. <laughs> Let's you better pack a lunch. You're kind of lightly recently. Mathis number is, true. is Martin. <laughs> oh, Dude. God, I love that pick. So awesome. <laughs> Dude, brother man, come on. Brother man is one of the great – Dragonfly Jones? Come on, man. Like, I mean, seriously. I, I watch Dragonfly Jones stuff on Facebook right now when he's the karate man. It was on uh, Twitter the other day. Oh. I laughed at it real hard like an old person does when they watch the <laughs> Facebook video. Once again, you talk about <laughs> – I'll give you this. Tell me there's been a more young, hip – urban show never than martin like i don't know that you have a show that is really appealed to the like 20 something young male and not even black male just male like that show does like i don't it, it was just cool 
I just it's, it's hard to explain that. It's just he was he's so much energy. He's got so much energy throughout the show, and he he kind of does the Flip Wilson thing of being multiple characters, but he does it. And they still hold on. You know that you called somebody Shanene within the last five years. Yeah, um, you said that about somebody. Yeah, I mean, and it's. I think you look at that as a Martin is part of that renaissance where you have Boomerang come out. You know, it's kind of the young, the yuppie black people. It's kind of what you see there. You got those kind of movies where you see Eddie Murphy's kind of coming in his own distinguished gentleman comes out. You know, Beverly Hills Cops a little before that, but he's kind of making that move, and about, Martin Lawrence is in that group. 13 years before that, but sure, a little before that. But what I, my point, though, is that you're, you're seeing kind of that – you're seeing that become more normalized, and Martin's a big part of that. Um, and I just thought all the characters – Cole's a great all, – all of them are great. You know, we'll forget about that messy little sexual harassment suit by Gina Campbell. But, yes. um, oh. Where they wouldn't let him be in the same room in the no. last episode. But uh, excellent show, no question. You know, a bunch of white guys talking about how much they enjoy uh, Martin. The irony of it is not lost on me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mathis number five is also on Adam's list. We'll come back to that later. So let's look at Adam's number five. The Colonel Returns, number five, Andy Griffith show. I like that we're whistling it at different points. <laughs> so if you're listening to this in the car right now, you're just you're cutting the wheel to the right as Dude, hard as you possibly you, can. You really do want to go back to a simpler, more racist time in America, don't you? Like even if you even though I know you don't believe I never that. said I wanted a more racist time. <laughs> I just think everybody would have a better time if we fished more. Do you, hey, my favorite part of that is I don't ever remember them actually going fishing in the show. It's just the beginning it's of just the show. No one's fishing. You know what? Really, the whole premise of the show is the town drunk Otis walks in, checks himself into jail. Someone steals a pie. Barney's a moron. Andy says literally like five lines an episode, and then it's all worked out in the end. First of all, I'll the, yeah. I'll, I'll let you continue to tell me why Andy Griffiths is great, but I will tell no, you. I said it. That was pretty much it. That's all. <laughs> hey. One of my greatest moments of my young 20s was when I told a security guard to put his one bullet back in his shirt pocket, leave me the hell alone. Oh, this it was, is a good, this is a good awesome. sidebar story I'll tell very, very quickly about when I got the nickname Barney Fife for a minute. The first time I went hunting by myself, they gave me one bullet. I don't know why they thought if I had three, I would like shoot myself and three, two other deer. But they gave me one bullet, and as I was climbing into the stand, I lost the bullet. Oh, <laughs> so I just no. sat there. I just sat because my dad is one of those weird hunting people. He's like, "Don't load till you're in the stand. It makes more sense to me." Then uh, I ended up losing the bullet, and then I just sat there and watched a bunch of deer come out, and they were super sad. Oh, that's so that's so awesome. It was pretty devastating for a young boy. <laughs> the colonel cannot be trusted with ammunition. <laughs> no, I'm good with it now. I can kill stuff. It's all good. All right. So Adam's number four is equal to Mathis number 10 and Ed O'Neill returns married with children. Uh, I, I'll tell you, you go Ma- first. married with children. It's probably the first sitcom I remember where you didn't want to be like the characters. Like no. you're yeah. laughing what? at how terrible their life is. Also 259 episodes and ran for what? 10 years. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and all that, it launched a network. Fox, as it stands now, doesn't exist without Married with Children. Not for a second. Like it, yeah, it, it's a real thing. I mean, and 
you felt like you knew him. And what's funny is I feel like I still know. We all know a guy right now married to a girl he does not really like who is working a job he doesn't really want to work and has two kids he really doesn't like. I mean, you know, I think it's – you know somebody like it, and yet there was still an underlying sweetness to it, if that makes any sense. Um, But I thought it was – and it was was kind of the first raunchy one that I really remember where you were like, that is – out there. I mean, the was it the time of the month episode was the one they don't show anymore because you know the women sync up. Yeah, that's uh that is a special moment in television history right there. Yeah. I just uh I put it high. I mean it's a fine show, but it, the controversy and the material that they cover for the time, I think you get you don't get an it's always sunny or an arrested development or even a modern family to some extent without having married with children. 100% totally agree. And you that, don't get the movie Little Giants because Ed O'Neill never becomes popular. Uh, Little Giants is a great movie, and we need to do a whole episode about Little Giants. Dude. And Rick Moranis is coming back to acting, so everybody get ready. Hey, not only that, but they're still selling No Ma'am t-shirts in novelty shops right now. Yes. I mean, that, that I'll tell you, there are so many quotable moments – from that, and it also never forget that David Falsantino got a rap career out of that show, which is a reason to drop it from the list. Because if you ever heard him rap, yeah, he needs to end it now. Yeah, um, but if you hear the Artie Lang story talking about meeting him and auditioning for a role together, it's worth it. <laughs> All right, Mathis number four <coughs> is Adam's favorite, The Office. Did you skip one of mine or mine's going back? All right. Yeah, so you're five right. later on than his. Ah, gotcha. All right. The office. All right. I know you, we've obviously know that you don't like the office. But, I, said my piece. I don't but, hate it. I just think it's overrated. Well, you know, what's funny. The single camera, that whole single camera idea and the documentary thing, you cannot like it, but it starts there. Like it really becomes amazing. It becomes, they use that to a great great purpose. I feel like Steve Carell's career really comes out. He was at the daily show, but you weren't sure he could carry a sitcom until that comes out. And it's one of the few shows <laughs> that survives when he left. Like those years with Ed Helms still were highly rated. Um, they are unwatchable. <laughs> they're not, they're not unwatchable. They are unwatchable. They are, they are different, but it is still well they done. Unwatchable television. Dwight, Dwight Schrute, one of the great characters in American television. No doubt about it. I, dude, I love Dwight and Moe's as much as the next person. I included Moe's. I know the show. I've seen all the episodes. I'm just saying unwatchable after. Also, tell me this. You know an office that functions the way the office does. There is a Dunder Mifflin in everybody's work history. Don't act like you've never seen it before. Or at least bits and pieces of events, people you work with. I agree. I, I, well, I worked in a relatable. cleaners when I was in grad school with a 70-year-old guy who was an alcoholic. Is that close? Is that Creed? <laughs> <laughs> he drank a jug of wine every night and ate chocolates and passed out watching PBS. He told me all of this. Speak- I, do, I love that you call it a jug, Otis. Speaking of drinking, <laughs> no, no, that no. I, I didn't call it a jug. Is number he three. described it as a jug. Mathis number three, cheers. Uh, damn. You know, I know I left something off. She, and what's funny is I'm not even a huge cheers fan personally, but I know how big cheers was. And, you know, the, the premise of cheers is genius because 
when you're creating that show, anybody can walk into a bar, anybody. And so that gets your story off and running right now. Um, they deal with, they really were not afraid to deal with addiction. Cause I mean, Sam alone is an alcoholic. They let that be known in the first episode. Um, and we all know all those people. You got the guy who shows up, Norm, who shows up every single day to have, sit in that same stool. And God forbid, if you touch his stool, you know what's getting ready to happen. Um, and then you have, you know, your blowhard know-it-all, which this podcast, ironically, is based off that same guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I just – and it launches Woody Harrelson. You know, I yeah. all those guys it, – it really is – and all that, I was reading a book called Top of the Rock about must-see TV and NBC – Cheers was the beginning of that must-see TV era where NBC just dominated television for a solid 12 years. Yes, they um, did. And it, I just feel like Frasier Cheers is a spin-off of Cheers. It is. It is. And what's funny, I like Frasier in Cheers much more than I like Frasier in He's Frasier. way more normal. He's way more approachable. Absolutely. And his and the thing is, his wife, while a caricature of the stiff professor, yes. they work somehow in that Very setting. Much so. As and opposed to when they had to carry it by themselves. All right. How about Adam's number three, The Simpsons? All right. First of all, before you get started, because it's a great pick, but I I stayed away from animated series because to me that's a different group. But go ahead. No, I and I that's why I didn't include Family Guy or King of the Hill. Like if we had American included Death. full sitcoms, King of the Hill would have been in my top four. Hmm. I think it's one of the best shows ever. But – the Simpsons influences sitcoms beyond animated sitcoms. Well, it the tells the future according there. to Facebook. Huh? It tells the future according to Facebook. Yeah, Trump yeah, it is the Nostradamus of the 90s, no <laughs> doubt. But it is so influential. It's funny. It launches the careers of dozens of people. I mean, all those dudes that were on The Office, all those dudes who did King of the Hill, all those dudes who do Parks and Rec, Conan O'Brien, I mean – Arrested Development, all those guys got started as writers on The Simpsons. The best you don't the, have any of those shows without. The best part about The Simpsons was my dad wouldn't let me watch it because he said it promoted being disrespectful to parents because Bart was disrespectful. And he holds that belief to this day. I am 34 years old, and he would probably tell me right now I could not watch The Simpsons. Fun <laughs> like, fact, that's in the 90s – <laughs> My mother loved The Simpsons. <laughs> All right. Adam's number two is Friends. Oh, I hate you so much. God. <laughs> I didn't oh. angry you. I oh. love Friends that much. It's Look, okay. here's, here's six pretty people. We're going to put them in an apartment they can't possibly Brilliant. afford. And then, oh, God. I'm going to be mm. very honest about my Friends pick, and it'll probably anger some listeners. And I don't. Fine. I picked it. Because it would upset Mathis. <laughs> That's well, really you have my ch- top motivating factor. I don't have to argue Friends, and I don't have to argue that it's you know one of the most influential sitcoms of all time. Blah blah blah. The same points that annoy me about Friends uh, annoy Mathis as well. But I know it bothers him because it's it too, and he knows that at the end of the day, millions of people would agree that it's one or two. There's no doubt from a re- but millions of people also elected Donald Trump, but my po- people did elect Donald I, Trump. Yeah, that's a good point. But, but not as many millions as didn't. But that's okay. 
Um, um, but friends, I mean, and I know friends made billions of dollars. I have no doubt about it, but God, it could not be like, Oh, it's just so fake and put on. I just cannot. It it bothers me. critically. Six people living in a New York apartment, all handsome and beautiful with good jobs and unlimited money and the ability to hump is not realistic. And let's not forget the fact that Ross is a terrible person. He that girl gave up a life changing job to come back to his cheating ass. Like, I yeah, mean, he's a garbage man. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Like, you can laugh it off. He's not a cool guy. And Chandler doesn't like Monica until it's it's just the whole thing is all kind of jacked up. But once again, people love it. But it you, you did a great job picking it to bother me. Yes, I I have to have a troll pick every time. One troll pick. <laughs> You accomplished your goal, my friend. Uh, now nah, I'm pleased. All right. Mathis is number two. I like it. Scrubs. Yeah, I love Scrubs. I would argue. That's all I got to say. Love Scrubs. It's a great show. I would, <laughs> I would argue that Scrubs, once again, fleshing out characters, even though it's told from one character's point of view, they fully examine everybody in that hospital. Um, and you care about them. And they strike the chord that MASH started. They managed to have some serious storylines in with the wacky comedy, which, I, I, <laughs> yeah, the, the walking down the hallway, yes, absolutely. Yes. And that inner dialogue thing that JD does is an interesting piece of that whole show about kind of how you're doing it, of how he thinks and his growth as a doctor. Um I think that show makes the hard choice. Some people in that show die. And, yes. and, and that is a, as for a comedy, that is a tough, tough choice. Also, one of the few comedies that does not have a star in the any part of it. Like, they didn't start out with, oh, we're going to build this around this person. Zach Braff wasn't a star when it was made. It hasn't done much since. But um, I, I thought, I think it's underrated, and I think it is the second best comedy. This is me. Uh, if I wasn't an a-hole, I would have picked that as my number two as well. <laughs> but I am an a-hole, so I didn't. All right. So amazing. Mathis is number one. I think my wife would probably pick this as number one, too. Parks and Rec. Dude. Maggie, they picked Parks and Rec as number one. <laughs> Did Mag- That'll make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm sure she'll, she'll she'll text me and tell me it's Maggie again because she doesn't think I save her number. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you know Parks and Rec. Amy Poehler just does such a great job of making that show work. But they also, again, great sitcoms look at every character, and Ron Swanson has become a meme in himself. Like he is. Yep. He has become when people think about conservatism, they think about they, they imagine Ron Swanson giving that answer. Um I think it's funny though, I don't like early parks and rec as much as I like oh, later parks and rec. What's that? Mark Brandonowitz or whatever? Yeah. Mark Brandonowitz is horrible. And horrible. the moment they get rid of him, the show gets good. Yeah. Adam Scott and Rob Lowe yep. make that show. They make yeah, the they show. Do. They are the perfect match. Hey, Rob, and I'm telling you, Rob Lowe is like, when he says scientists believe the first human is going to live 150 yep. years has been born, I believe I am that human being. I am so in for Rob Lowe at that moment. It is insane. 100%. Like, I mean, it, just such a great thing. 
also give them credit for diversity that show is very the characters are very very different and they never really speak to it although you gotta love when Aziz Ansari in the first episode says she goes he's from some eastern some you know eastern Asian country and he goes Bennettsville South Carolina he goes he goes I'm from South Carolina these colors don't run (laughs) first episode all right so Adams number one is also Mathis's number five and it's Seinfeld Mm. Go ahead, boss. It's the best sitcom of all time. But it's about it's, nothing. It's a show about nothing. It gives you this premise that it can totally be, you can take the mundane of everyday life and you can turn it into a hilarious situation. I, I think it's one of the best made shows ever. Uh, you don't see any of the people involved with it at this point and not see them as their character. Like Julia Louis Dreyfus had an amazingly successful show in Veep. And has had a good acting career, and all you ever see her as is Elaine yep. or Kramer or George or Jerry. Even, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld stopped working forever after that. He randomly came out of the woodwork to make a movie about a bee, and then went back into hiding again. <laughs> yeah, he I, and respect the fact that he it was made by it was a vehicle for him, but he gives away the best lines and the best characters. Absolutely, like, the best character, the best lines never go to. Yeah, him. he plays the straight man. Like to and a great script, and just it it is the it's infinitely quotable. It changes our language, yada yada. No suit for you. You have you some it they that becomes Americana. That becomes statements we say to this day because it was on Seinfeld. Um, I had it lower because I thought some people pushed boundaries a little more than they did, um, and did some more interesting things. But it's a I mean numbers wise, it's the best ever. Um, interesting though is that it lost the home improvement when it first came out. People had to find it. <laughs> yeah. Ex- also, I find it funny that nobody on the, nobody used that as this list, which proves that just because you're Matt, you're insanely popular, doesn't make you a great show. Nobody used Roseanne either. Yeah. yeah. Here's my I problem. Put that on notable omissions, but hey, I he, he, here's my issue with Roseanne. It has nothing to do with her. My thing is, is I think that's how. Hollywood sees middle class America. That is how Hollywood views all of our families. Yeah, exactly. And I, what will get them off their tractors? Exactly. And I don't know anybody who has a family like that. Like the loud mouth woman wife character. Like like everyone everyone I knew that was in those families, their mother was super nurturing. Like it wasn't ever like I just don't know that that's that's I feel like it's a bad caricature of what they imagine that group of people looks like and it's not it's just not what i've i don't relate to it all right great job fellas with these lists now before we move on to the next one quick update about uh presidential race um currently on uh 538.com they're saying best chance for a no majority in the democratic primary I'm not sure what that would entail long term, but somehow Bloomberg is third. I'm like, how's Bloomberg third? He ain't even been a part of a single primary yet. But because money talks, and that's I mean, he, his whole thing is I'm rich and I was in New York because that's what that's going to speak to Middle America. Yeah, that good idea. Funny. Nothing speaks to Middle America like a New York mayor who's backed by the Chinese government. <laughs> you know who I really relate to? Well, a billionaire. Although, give Tom Steyer credit; he is now famous because he interrupts people's YouTube videos. Tom Steyer's uh, subliminal messaging, I think, has made Maggie vote for him. <laughs> My wife, Emily, noticed the other day that he's endorsed by somebody who is endorsed by Obama, but makes it look like he's endorsed by Obama. 
It's amazing. Interesting. I like that. It's all about how, like you, it's it. all about how you cut like the promo. That. It is. It's, it is. It's all about how you cut the promo. I mean, if you look at it, it's always like somebody – I always love negative ads because it's got somebody like washing the dirt off their hands. You know, all that subliminal messaging and like, do you, re- <laughs> do you really know – who's in your house at night and know that this guy let them in there. Like it's so a vote uh, for Tom Steyer is a vote <laughs> for molestation. Yeah. We're not saying Tom Steyer dumps chemicals in the water, but I mean, he did drive over that bridge. I just, it, <laughs> yeah, like that, that is every negative campaign. And before we get to our list, one more fun fact in, in this in between era here, the Gamecocks, according to team rankings.com, the men's, Basketball Gamecocks have a 10% chance to make the NCAA tournament, folks. Well, let me go get my tattoo right now. My God. Kings of the NIT. Face it, you're a girls' basketball school. I'm going to hit you so hard in the teeth with a brick. <laughs> when I see you on the All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about. And I'm proud of our ladies' team. I don't care. <laughs> Let's talk about the worst humans of all time. These guys can. Hold on, I want to. I want to pause before we start this list because we we need this disclaimer real quick. <laughs> Number one, if you're having a nice day, just just go on ahead and turn this off right now. Not saying don't come back to it later. I'm just saying right now, maybe you know, put some music on. The it. best part was two. <laughs> I left Hitler off my list because it's super obvious. But- I know Shane's about to get into emissions. But I want to state that for myself. Before we get well, into emissions, we're just going to go straight to Mathis number one. And his number one is Hitler. I think we just get that one out the way. Oh, yeah, obvious, basic person. Dude, I think we can all agree, like, there are some times when the majority is correct. And to say that Hitler is Of course, Hitler is the most evil, but is that the most interesting? Yeah. Well, there's, there's not other interesting picks, but that is the one world leader that I picked because – Contrary to what you hear from football coaches in some weird places of America, Hitler is not <laughs> a good example. It like it's Hitler. I like how Hitler has suddenly become this thing where people are like, well, you know, he was a good. They use him as like an example of charisma. No, because that's the hellscape we live the, in in 2020, the, where people use Hitler as a positive example. The only thing that Hitler should ever be talked about is that he was a horrible human being that killed seven million Jews and eleven million total people. Like, oh yeah. The, I, I don't like where we're headed when we have suddenly like rewritten this particular script. Like, oh, well, you have to appreciate him as a leader because he led people. You yeah. know what? Yeah. Lem- I don't have to do jack shit. Yeah, my thing is, hey, lemmings lead their own pe- their own species off the edge of a cliff. You don't have to appreciate them for it. It's absolutely complete and utter BS that that's even being put out there and. As we move farther away from World War II, I'm concerned that this is becoming more and more of a thing. He was a horrible person. He led horrible people. And there is no way you can't discount that, and it can't be said vigorously enough. I don't hate your argument, but it's boring. I don't disagree with it. No, no, no. But it needs to be said because there's going to be people 30 years from now finding this podcast after the nuclear holocaust with their face melted off, they're going to try to convince you that Hitler would have stopped all this from happening. And I don't want – I want there to be a voice of reason that said, no, worst person ever born Adolf Hitler, and I am that man. Okay. You, you are a real martyr stepping out on that ledge saying Hitler's a bad guy. You know what? Somebody's got to say it, Adam. Somebody's got to say it. You know, it's not a popular take in 2020, especially around these parts apparently. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look at notable omissions. Great job, Mathis. Hitler's number one. You're correct, but it's boring. 
right. So, notable omissions. Lennon. I don't think John Lennon's a bad guy at all. You know, he beat his wife. He is a bad guy. (laughs) Dude, she broke him up, man. She broke up the Beatles. She deserved it. No, he beat the first wife and ignored his son. How about Ivan the Terrible? Another Russian. I mean, overrated in terms of terrible. I mean, in his name, it says who he is. But, I mean, if you call yourself something, yeah, that doesn't work. I don't want to be that a-hole, but. His last name, Grozny, means the terrible. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a great and bad kind of, t- you know. Oh, no. Oh, good. Here we go. Oh, oh man. I mean, he knows somebody knows some Russian. Oh. Somebody. Oh. All right. Go How get a Fabergé egg. Any, any of the Kim family. They're a bunch of cowards. Yeah. I, I, for real. First of all, they can keep putting, they keep blowing up missiles in the ocean because they know they can't get them to last longer than that. I mean, it's because it's because it's made in Korea. It can't possibly make it all the way here. It's like my watch is made in Korea. It's going to break after what, five minutes after I buy it. I am neither a big nor a tough man, but I know I could whoop any of their ass. <laughs> well, I watched Seth Rogen whip his ass in a movie. Exactly. That was, That's basically what I would look like. Hey, that once again, it just the epitome of great of great marketing where they said we can't release this and then they released it anyway. Right. Like of course. We're really concerned, so everybody watched it and it was a horrific film. All right. How about Attila the Hun? Bad guy, but I, I stayed away from I, I stayed away from those type people. Just it's a different world. I didn't put Genghis Khan on here for the same kind of reason. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. My my the way I looked at it was I picked people who should have known better. I guess is what I, how I looked at it was people of their time and Attila the Hun of his time. That's how you gain power and how you made the world work for you. So that's why I didn't pick those people. All right. What about Caligula? No, he's just odd and stupid, but Nero did far more damage to other people. Okay. All right. And he had a lot of sex. I mean, a lot. <laughs> got Mostly res- with his sister and other animals and people. You, sure. you got to respect that, man. That dude was in it to you win it. You don't got to respect game. that. You don't got, you know, you don't have to say you got to, you don't got to respect that. <laughs> you're the, you're the guy who wants to have dinner with Hitler. Like, you know, he's a bad guy, but you got to get First of all, I want to put a disclaimer. I never said that because that's what, that tends to come up in resumes and interviews. I never would. I want that to be put on this podcast and I want that to be on the record that he said you got to give it to Hitler. <laughs> I want that. I want to make sure that if you're just tuning in right now, that you believe that that's what he said. All right. This one I found very interesting. I had to do research because I didn't know much about her, but the greatest female serial killer of all time, Elizabeth Batori from Hungary. She's killing Nazis? No. She's from the 1500s. She killed over 600 people. Oh, is she the one that bathed in blood? Yes. She's the oh, she's the vampire boring. chick? Oh, yeah. I, once again, how hard were they fighting if you could get if you could exsanguinate them over the bathtub? That's ridiculous. Also, they're all like they're medieval peasants. They all weigh like 115 pounds. Like, I fell down the stairs and broke all of my legs. <laughs> like they're all Apparently yeah. he's the inspiration for Dracula. I like that she murdered. I mean, she's the inspiration for totally dismissing her. How is she the inspiration for Dracula? There was a Dracula. There was a real man. He was the inspiration for Dracula. Well, because he 
didn't do anything weird with blood. He just fought some Turks and impaled some people. Right. So, yeah. All right. This one would be number one on my list. Genghis Khan. I know Adam said he, he, he shouldn't be on here for whatever You're reason. But That's the first thing. Listen, this guy hauled. This guy would roll up to your city and haul plague-filled rats over your wall and kill everybody in there. Then he would go rape and pillage every, everything in the town. And what is it? One in every 200 people on this earth are a direct descendant of him. Sure, but he didn't do that to every city. Yeah. and now Here's Genghis Khan's whole policy. If you surrender, he's gone. If you act out, you're getting it. Also, number two, Genghis Khan, in terms of world history, super stable guy. Insanely religiously tolerant for his era and had a policy of moving scientists, mathematicians, philosophers, etc. throughout his empire to spread knowledge. When the Khans ruled the Silk Road, you could theoretically walk with a plate of gold on your head from the beginning to the end and not get attacked or robbed. That's how safe the Mongol Empire was. I'll be real. That display of nerve bravado right there, I mean, I'm moderately aroused right now. That, that, that is, I mean, that that is, that, that is stunting. Like, that is a whole different level right there of that just you have given that speech before to some AP class. I have no doubt. No, I was a lonely <laughs> child, and I gave that to my chair in my bedroom. Oh, that speech is given. All right, to let's my get chair. into the list. Let's get into the list, nerds. All right, number ten on. Let's go. Let's go. Mathis list first. Let's go. Number ten on Mathis list. The great, awful human David Duke. Oh, he's a well. Person. I I picked David Duke because I'm gonna tell you right now. This is a straight up troll pick to Adam Gamble because why, the, why am I because why, the, because why, why are we using my full name when we're talking about David? <laughs> <laughs> hey, because hey, because for a few but for a few twists and turns in life, I think Gamble could have been David Duke. That's a really harsh. That's a really harsh, really harsh statement. Nazi apologist, <laughs> Okay, I picked David Duke, and I, and I said the reason not what I, the way I use for criteria. People that knew better. There have been racists before David Duke. Don't get me wrong. But he comes through at a time when he should have known better. There had been evidence of everything he said being completely wrong. He could have made different decisions and just flat didn't. Also, you look at what neo what neo-racism and neoconservatism and that this whole like, you know, racist and ties thing we have going on right now is a direct descendant from David Duke. Like this whole idea that we're gonna change, we're gonna make the clan and racism cool by putting a suit on instead of the hood. That dude is a terrible person, like just absolutely horrible. Um, actually, did you know he starts when he became a senator? He starts the first drug testing for welfare recipients that has caught one. One person has been caught ever drug testing welfare recipients and spending over two million dollars to do it. He is a horrible person. He makes racism somewhat acceptable in the state of Louisiana. Like I'm sure it was before he, a little bit. He puts racism in a suit and gets you the alt right you get today. Yes, the the, the idea of the alt right and like I said, it just <laughs> it comes from him. And don't get me wrong, he was a he was a good looking guy that somehow made it made it okay to be that way. And I just I thought he I thought he was the tenth worst person of all time because he flat should have known better and he perpetuates a lot. All right, so, you know, my number 10 was Pol Pot. So that's, you know, a person who actually did evil things. Now, I'm not saying David Duke's not an evil piece of crap. He is. But 
I do think killing, you know, three million Cambodians and starting their calendar over at year zero is a little more evil. And here's why. Pol Pot, all right, you ever have that teacher that you know that they were just like a horrible student coming through and that they hate, they kind of hate being a teacher? Pol Pot was that teacher and he hated the educated. So Pol Pot, when he becomes the communist leader of Cambodia, moves all people out of the cities, kills the entire educated class, starts the calendar over at year zero, and makes everyone farm rice. If you don't farm rice, you're executed. And killed millions of Cambodians. The country has not recovered to this day. He is one of the most evil sacks of crap to ever walk this planet. They talk, once again, this is one of these weird lists where it's hard to argue if somebody's evil or not evil. Agreed. The, the way out here, here's the way I look at it. Yes, they killed t- tons of people. And I did not pick a lot of world leaders because my thing is, is I feel like evil on a scale is how, I guess, killing one person or changing those minds in one terrible way is just as bad as killing on an exponential scale. Um, just, I think evil is kind of in your heart, for lack of a better term. Um, but yeah, to, to kill off an entire class of people because you don't like them, you don't like their fact that they're more educated than you, is a terrible way to go. And again, Cambodia, how much do you hear about it now? Very little, because they have not recovered from his from that reign. So no, right. they were isolated from the planet. Yeah, it's right. yeah, how no doubt. Adams number nine. Big time on uh, social media and entertainment like Netflix, et cetera, lately. Ted Bundy. Mm, yeah. Ted Bundy. I mean, I, you know, I took my nine, my eight, and my seven were all serial killers. And I, I kind of wanted to only keep it three there. And all three of these, well, actually, it's four because my eight is two people because they committed their crimes together. They're all heinous crimes. It's all rape, murder, necrophilia, terrible things like that. Ted Bundy is a sociopath. Yeah. Where feels no remorse, cons these people, but destroys people's lives behind him. I mean, involved in all these unsolved homicides in several states, ruins the lives of people around him. I mean, people don't these killers and people like this, they don't just hurt the people they actually kill. They leave this wake of destruction and evil behind them where the families never recover and are never the same. The community is never the same. And that is what I mark as evil. And Ted Bundy has to be definitely one of there. I mean, he decapitated 12 victims and kept their heads as memoirs. And that's the lightest thing I can get into that he did here. Well, he, no, he doesn't just wreck the lives of those he killed. Those of his own family and those people who he like, he had a girlfriend at the time. Like, yes, I mean, he leaves a wake of destruction that is just un- with, unparalleled in the serial killer world. He's a genuinely terrible guy. But what's funny is, is there's a group of people who think he, who still to this day believe he didn't do it and he was not, a, and he that follow him because we love a good media star and he looked good on television. How about that? And yeah. that's amazing. About the they had what's his name, the good-looking actor, play him in a movie. Yeah. Well, that was great casting on that part. All right. So, I, don't know, I thought he, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good casting. It looked pretty close. All right. Let's look at Mathis number nine. L. Ron Hubbard. I was kind of surprised. Ooh, L. R. H. 
first of all, he's, he's a terrible person because Tom Cruise used to be a decent actor. And then, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Maverick becomes a lunatic when he switches to Scientology. Um, my problem with Elrond, you are out of your mind, son. When Goose dies, I cried. Don't don't don't, don't look down upon me, Anthony better, Edwards. Better Top Gun movie, Days of Thunder. Oh, Days of Thunder, also excellent. And for my redneck roots, I really appreciate that because Rubin is racing. Top Gun for rednecks. <laughs> um, I picked Elrond Hubbard. Here's the thing about Elrond Hubbard. He preys on people who are looking for answers, and that's an evil thing. Those people who have embraced Scientology, they're trying to find a place to belong, and they're trying to find a reason. They're looking for a religion, and he uses that, and instead of trying to move them in a positive way, he decides to milk them for all their worth, and billions of dollars being used, defrauding the government, um, fighting legal cases and their whole, you know, pro- the, the thing where they follow everybody around, I can't remember the project's name right now, but where they go around and they just project snow white that it's awful where they go out and they try, you know, they, they try, they turned one reporter and convinced her she was crazy. And she went into an insane asylum. Like yeah. it's, it's a, and it, it all starts with him. And he was a nut job. He chased a freaking fake sonar reading around and wrecked his own ship in the Navy and then eventually got himself a sight discharge. I mean, he kidnapped his own child and kept her in a cage in Cuba until her mother agreed to sign over all her rights to him. He's a horrible person. And what's worse is his horribleness extends on to this day, even after his death. Great drunk history about him, by the way. All right. Mathis, number eight, Willie Lynch. I, and the funny part about Willie Lynch, when I started looking it up, is that they're not really sure how there was a Willie Lynch, but the what we know of is lynching and what the Willie Lynch idea is when he gives the speech on the riverbank about how to control slaves. And his whole idea is that you have to pit them against each other and use the differences among the slaves to pit them against each other. And what's funny is you can see some of those same ideas being perpetuated today. And it's, it holds back an entire race of people. He was a West Indian slave, you know, sugar plantation owner. Um, the idea of pitting people within their own race against each other and people who are in bondage having to fight for the scraps they got and to use that as mental ammunition against them, um, it's an evil thing. And if you look, and it leads to the set to Jim to the Jim Crow South, move forward. It's just he's a bad guy. Um, the Willie Lynch letter is something we're not entirely certain if it is real. There was a William Lynch. He did live in Virginia. We're not sure if the speech is from him because there might be a 30-year gap in their age. But if he is real, insanely evil because it does describe the experience of what happened to African Americans in the United States. Yeah, exactly. And when I look, when I was looking it up, that's exactly what I came across. I was really trying to find out what I could do, and it said there's some debate as to whether that letter is real or not. But even if it's not, somebody wrote it. You know, what I'm saying some like bad person wrote it. <laughs> yeah, like right. like somebody bad put that on paper. Speaking of bad people, let's move on. Adams number eight. It's a combo because they committed the crimes together. Leonard Lake and Charles N. Dude, I almost put them down there, but go ahead. Oh. That's a good pick. First of all, it's pronounced Charles E. Uh, ooh, sorry. 
All right, Charles Ng. Sorry, Mr. Right. They history. are monsters. They would kidnap women, hold them in like a basement shed thing, rape, torture, videotape all of it, murder them. They are monsters. And Leonard Lake, piece of crap, committed suicide when the cops got him. Mm-hmm. They are horrible. Yeah, monsters of human beings. Well, that, and like I said, videotaped a lot of it too. Like, I mean, I like they they were terrible, terrible people, and got caught in the stupidest way. Ing was out getting a vice to like use on someone, and yes. tried to and tried to steal it. Gets caught, and they trace him back to that cabin in the woods. And like I said, Lake kills himself. They get Ing, take him forward. It shows zero remorse. Um, they're not the most famous serial killers but the what some of the most depraved Easily. I, I almost had them on my list but i tried to stay away from serial killers as much as i could but that's a it's a good pick oh that creeped me out <laughs> all right let's look at adam's number seven richard ramirez the night stalker the nice. night stalker the last of my serial killers thank god so we can get away from them all right same kind of issue, crimes that ted bundy leonard lake rape murder torture but also who he targeted he targeted the elderly and he targeted families and he you know would be there for hours and smear blood on the wall and satanic stuff and it's oh it's creepy it'll freak you out do not go home again you should not be listening to this before work this is a on your way home to fall down a wikipedia wormhole kind of a list oh make sure the lights are on if if there's a way to remotely turn on your lights please do it for you listen to this list because that is yeah, Ramirez is a scary, scary Drawing guy. Drawing pentagrams on all the, you know, and he didn't murder, and he making making his victims swear to Satan. Yeah, and some, and he and he had ones where he broke in and did nothing to them. He just like mentally tortured them. Yeah, like I mean, just a absolutely horrible guy. Oh my gosh! All right, yeah. How about Mathis number seven, Jim Baker? I'm Baker. Dude, here's the thing. And I know it doesn't seem like much as you go, oh, well, he just did. The People forget how big Jim and Tammy Faye were yeah. at that time in America. Like, there were people. They had a theme park in Fort Mill. Yes, there is. A, for, and they have South Carolina <laughs> ties, you know, go upstate. Um, but they built a, a theme park for Christianity, and then they end up stealing well over, like, I think, seven eight million dollars from old ladies like the ptl club was built around the idea i mean th- those are people giving money to what they think is going to go to people overseas and they steal that money from them that wasn't money they had that was much mo- i mean that wasn't money they would just could give away these are not billion dollar donors these are people who are giving five ten fifteen dollars out of their weekly social security check that's an evil thing and then when you find out that the first time Jim Baker ever read the Bible cover to cover was in prison. So it's not like he was he he was a sh- he was a shyster from the beginning. I mean he was just absolutely a huckster. We and have then, a show about this now. What's even worse That's is he though. is he is the godfather of the prosperity gospel. Like what you, what you see now as the prosperity gospel which I think is an evil thing in itself is Jim Baker and just an all-around terrible guy. And you can say, yes, he did not kill anybody. You're absolutely right. But I would he made millions of people's lives worse. And that's an evil thing. 
Yeah. Jim Baker, Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, yeah. Jimmy Swaggart, and Jerry Falwell are the fathers, the three-headed hydra of the prosperity gospel, and it makes me sick. Yeah, it's, I mean, just absolutely, all that, all that is horrible. I mean, it's and then he gets on TV and he's crying and his tan is running. He's like, I have sinned. Speaking of religion, religion takes us to our number six. For Mathis, Judas Iscariot. Okay, tell me right now that 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 I'm so proud of that pick. Like, I, it's unreal how proud I am of this pick. Proud of you, aren't like, you, Methodist? Like this, that. like as a good, solid Methodist, the man betrayed Christ. You don't get much more evil than that. Like, I mean, a person who, by all in, even if you don't believe he's the Messiah, never did anything bad. Like never did he, he was a pure human being. You betray him out of jealousy, and for no reason, he did nothing. I mean, there are some theories that believe that he was possessed by the devil, but realistically, most people think he did it because he was a faithful Roman and he thought Christ was having was going against the Roman Empire, and so that's why he betrayed him. But overall, just a really bad guy. Yeah, Judas Iscariot sucks. I'm, is he worse than Adam's number six, Joseph Stalin? Oh man, yeah, you, such a history guy pick. It's a good one though. Sixty million people. Sixty million. And his own son. Oh, and he Dude. hated his own son. He always when looked. His son got captured. Oh no! Hold on, hold on. This, this is a good one. His own son tried to commit suicide. He failed. And he goes, he can't even kill himself, right? <laughs> well, think about it too. Uh, he, he had that evil looking mustache too. Like he had that full, like full handlebar thing going on. He always looked, I mean, he looked bad. Like he just something about that's an evil dude. No question. He was portrayed as a hero uh, pre World War II. Mustaches are evil. I like that. Uh huh. Say what? Pre World War II movies in America. They portrayed him as a hero because they wanted great ties with the Russians. I need two of them that do that. <laughs> oh, find me two pre World War Two movies that make Stalin. A and there's hero. only probably two movies pre World War Two anyway. There's probably zero point zero because the United States invades the Soviet Union in the 1920s. <laughs> oh man, we're about to have the face the face off of the Carolina History Department right here. This is gonna be My great. Fate, I just popped the blood vessel. Oh. We'll save that for another episode because he's wrong on this one. We'll just move on to his number five. Oh, you piece Adam's of Adam's number five is Mao Zedong. Oh, man. Ooh. The hatred of the the, right. the, the the Chinese. There you go. He, he hates the Chinese. The Great Leap Forward is, so, is such an insane program that devalues human life. How could you not put him at near the top of the list? He tells all of the people, stop growing crops, you're making steel. And these Chinese peasants have no idea how to do it. They chemically poison themselves. They burn themselves. Mao's doctors used to get elderly Chinese peasants and do medical experiments on them to test medical procedures to see if they could make the patient live in case Mao needed them as he aged. Oh, yeah. He's a terrible guy. No doubt, absolutely horrible. Yeah, but the, the, the the thing comes. The, the funny part is though is that there will be people that will credit him for saying that he pushes China into being the global power they are today. It's a terrible way to I do it. I actually think he 
I, I think that everything post him, I, I think the post Chinese Communist Party that basically undoes the cult of personality is why China is successful today. And why? And then you have, and then we're, and then we're absolutely fighting them to this second. I mean, it's, it's yeah, no yes. doubt. I, I think I think Great Leap Forward and Cultural Revolution. He got all the children to turn on their own parents. It's very animal form. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Mathis number five, he stays on this religion kick. He goes Fred Phelps. Dude, yeah, Fred Phelps is a garbage. Bossy, you if you're gonna try to tell me Fred Phelps is a terrible person, I don't know where you're coming from. The yeah, but I think I think you could have put like Joseph Coney if we're going. Oh, Coney, yeah. twenty thousand Fred Phelps, first of all, the whole, or the Am Shinrikyo guy. If you don't know what Am Shinrikyo is, boys, take yourself a trip down YouTube. Hey, tonight. The f- first of all, for those who don't know, Fred Phelps, Westboro Baptist Church. All the members are his family, every single one of them. All right, they're it's a church of eight yeah, people. They're the ones that hold up the God hate that AIDS cures fags posters. Like they and they do it at people's funeral. They went they they protested Matthew Shepard's funeral, which I don't know if you get much lower than that. Um, again, does it all for the cameras? The whole point was to be popular, was to be famous. That's the whole reason Fred Phelps exists. Yeah, I'm looking at his stupid cowboy hat wearing yeah. face on the I mean, right they protest. I'm glad he's yeah. dead. You can quote me on that. Adam Gamble said he's glad Fred Phelps. <laughs> Yeah, just a terrible person, and did it under the guise of religion because, and I can't. I'm saying you don't. Yeah, you, you're right. There's a lot of religion here on my list because I can't stand hypocrites, and these people use religion as a knife to fight. Ironically, Jesus also hated hypocrites. Weird. Yeah, it's, I mean, they abs. It, it is exactly what drives people from religion, and that is a terrible thing, and it makes you evil. Sorry, it just does. All right. Is he more eat? Well, he's not according to your list, but you know some people's bank accounts might think that your number four, Bernie Madoff, is more evil. Are you a conspiracy theorist or something? No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> All right, here's here's my point. You think about evil. If George Soros is on this list, I'm getting off. first of all. I'm a Democrat, so George Soros is who I pray to at night. So I mean, oh, that is I mean, I, you, you I forget, forget about that. that. He also, you know, he runs Snopes, according to everything I read. <laughs> um, but also, by the way, Bernie Madoff went to the University of Alabama for a brief roll time. tide. Breeze died. Roll tide. <laughs> Cam Lott. Um, Cam Lott. <laughs> uh, Bernie Madoff. I looked at people who made people's lives worse and did it on a major scale. And you can say killing people made their lives worse, and you're absolutely right. It's just how you view it. It's how you view it. When you think about this, you, I value my retirement fund because it's all – as a teacher, it's what you really – you have at the end of the day. Twelve pension funds of people who could not afford to lose money completely wiped out. I mean, those people have – where are they going to go? You're 75 years old. You've been digging tunnels in freaking western Pennsylvania your entire life, and now you're not. You know, you, you have nothing. You have to keep doing it. You're, you're making people's lives worse. $70 billion owed. Now, the funny part is it should have been caught well before it was, but, I mean, he's a bad guy and, and knowingly did it. It wasn't like he had an accounting error. The dude meant to do it. It's a, just a terrible guy. Made people's lives worse on a huge scale. Well, let's slide over to Adam's list. Let's slide over to Europe. Let's look at his number four, Joseph Mengel. I mean, mm. I, 
You put Bernie Madoff on here, and I'm talking about the Doctor of Death. <laughs> Listen, it's all it's all about how you view the it's how you view the question. It's all about how you view. The I question. view a guy that is injecting chlorine into children's eyes more evil. Oh than my! You don't pick. You didn't pick Hitler, and you're arguing with me on who picked one of the my list. My list is excluding Hitler, and you knew that from the beginning. <laughs> By the way, I just want to point out in case you're just joining the podcast that Mathis Burnett is a Hitler. And also, let me point out <laughs> that I told these guys when I dropped the list name that they could not pick any president that ruled during our lifetime because I know they both want to pick Trump. So I just want to eliminate uh, I was going to pick Jimmy Carter. <laughs> and make a very interesting argument about why Jimmy Carter. Uh, Ronald Reagan really hated everybody who wasn't rich. Therefore, I was going to go against that too. But that's okay. You know what? I was I would not have picked him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Make, go Mangle. ahead, man. You're It's a good pick. Oh my God, dude. Joseph Mangala is the father of human experimentation and particularly was hauntingly focused on twins he was interested in twins he was interested in people with different eye colors uh people who were he would categorize as dwarfs and anyone with any physical abnormality he would go when the trains came to auschwitz and pull the children from their parents like immediately and then i mean do things like burn one arm unnecessary amputation of limbs uh give one a disease and keep the other one as the control transfuse the blood of one twin into another inject them with anything he could uh he sought out pregnant women to experiment on uh would do things like separate conjoined twins and then rejoin conjoined twins i mean a monster of a human being and the worst part about mangala is that he escapes oh yep mangala gets away and he dies in South America. Argentina? Uh, I believe he died in uh, Brazil. There's a uh, like a fiction book called The Boys from Brazil that talks about <laughs> his time there. Although, interestingly enough, there is like a, uh, a case about some city where he was the doctor in where uh, there's a bunch of twins, like Germanic twins, from around the time period that he was there. God. Yeah, look into it. Or don't if you want to have a good Well, time. let's stay in Europe. Let's stay on this whole 1900s deal here. A guy who really influenced it. Your number three is Karl Marx. Karl Marx is in the 1800s. He influenced the 1900s. Yeah, Karl Marx is the father of communism. And communism is a great evil of all mankind. Oh, here we go. Bur- birdie 2020 come on <laughs> i know that you i know that you would love for the unwashed proletariat of Burley, bernie sanders to come and just take all of our private property but really i mean marx kind of sets off the conflicts that cause global war that this workers and listen i don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with workers having a say in the means of production. Don't get me wrong. Says there. the ball. I am not Mathis Burnett, Nazi apologist. I am Adam Gamble, <laughs> proletarian apologist. But I am going to say Karl Marx and his book with Engels, The Communist Manifesto, has influenced more evil done on this planet than maybe anyone else. Yeah, but isn't it? But inherently itself, people people twist it to attack that. Not necessarily in itself a terrible work or a terrible person. He put forth an idea that working people need to have some say in what happens and don't need to just be a 
class ruled upon by he those who have money. He also forth the idea that all religion should be removed and destroyed because it is the opiate of the masses. And he puts forth the idea that there needs to be a single unitary government. Well, nobody's perfect. I know perfect. George Soros wants you to have that, <laughs> but I don't want it, champ. All right. Let's go back to Mathis' list. Let's knock out his number three, Osama bin Laden. He is an evil man. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You kill people, and Adams lists a lot of these same thing. You kill people who were not combatants. Nobody woke up on 9-11 and thought they were in a war and they were getting ready to be killed in a war move. Like, that is a horrible person. Now, I, I, I understand that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, but killing 2,000 people who don't know they're even involved in the conflict makes you an evil person. He's a sociopath using religion as a guide, as a, as a cloak to keep, you know, to do terrible things. It's a bad guy. It's an absolutely terrible guy. Oh, well, no doubt. Is he worse? Well, he's definitely worse than Saddam Hussein, according to your list. But he's not worse than your number two. Oh, my I number two is... I have a feeling this my one number two, was My bad. number two is awesome. Adam, oh, are you ready my... for his number two? I'm prepared. Sandusky. I need to step away from this room. <laughs> Jerry Sandusky hurt somebody very close to me. Um, hold on, hold on, hold, don't do that. Don't do, it. Don't don't do, do this. It. You know what? Go for it. No, nope. this will be the last episode. Anyway, so we're gonna turn it off now. <laughs> no, Jerry Sandusky. Crimes against children are a special kind of terrible. No question. Special kind of horrible. Fifty-two charges against children, and he takes zero responsibility when they catch him. He take he's God, to this he takes day, none. He's such oh, a sack hey, of God. Hey, to, to this day, still says he did nothing wrong. And and not only does he kill and the, the and I'd want to say this because people seem to think what he did to Penn State was worse than what he did to the children. That's right. That is not the case. No. That's not at all no. right. But it's but there is an element to not only did he did he do horrible things to kids. He did. He gave a terrible name to people who just went to school because now that school was associated with that to the end of time. Um, Think what he did know, to Joe Paterno's legacy. Yeah, I mean, it, and and that once again, one of state for the record, that is not the worst thing he did. No, the child rape the is the worst thing worst. he did. Yeah, I, I mean, just to me, I not even better had he killed someone, but to. 52 counts of child molestation is about as evil as I can come up with. And he used um, a game to lure kids in. It's, ugh. Yeah. It, I mean, it, he used something that should inherently be a positive aspect in children's lives right. to take advantage. Yeah, God. absolutely. Oh, we got, uh, let's go to Adam. I got a sour taste. Let's go to Adam number two. I don't know, man. Like, I'm pretty bummed. Yeah, that, I started thinking about all that stuff. And then I got to tell you all about my guy. And my guy's just like, my guy's so Number bad. two on Adam's list, Unit 731, Shiro Ishii. I'll be honest, did not know about this guy, so I have no argument. But go ahead, please, I, did, did you, enlighten me. Did you uh, look up, say, Unit 731? I did, I did not. Please, I'm telling you, enlighten me. I'm sure I'm not the All only right. one that's listening if to this doesn't know. If you're into crazy movies that are scary, go look up The Men Behind the Sun. Do not watch it with small children or people who are sensitive. 
it is a nightmare. So Shiro Ishii is the commander of Unit 731. Unit 731 was a Japanese unit in World War II that they were a covert biological and chemical warfare research and development unit. And mainly what they did was they marched through China doing human experiments on people. And when I say human experiments, their most common one was vivisection. If you don't know what vivisection is, it's completely opening up a human being. Uh, They would mostly do it without anesthesia. Uh, They would um, do tests on prisoners of biological warfare. They would test plague, cholera, smallpox, botulism. Yes, they would give people smallpox. They would give people typhoid. Uh, they would do weapons testing. They would test grenades, flamethrowers, uh, tie them to stakes and use chemical weapons. Just tie them and test a, a bayonet. They would give people lethal doses of x-rays. Uh, the most infamous one they would do is they would uh, take captives outside. They would dip their appendages into water until the limb froze. And then they would try to break it with a hammer or a stick. Uh, they would give patients syphilis and then force patients to transmit syphilis to other patients. Yeah. They would uh, forcibly pregnate Chinese women to experiment on pregnant women. They are maybe some of the worst human beings who've ever lived on God's green earth. Yeah, that's, that's and pretty bad. to this day, to this day, the Japanese government does not take full reference, full apology for them. Wow. God. I, I I am enlightened. I will not sleep well tonight in my dream. Oh, in two thousand three, in two thousand three, their government responded. They don't have any records on Unit Seven Thirty One. Yeah, how about that? It, these are things. Yeah. Unit Seven Thirty One is heavy. Yeah, yeah I just looked up the, the cover to that movie. I I can't unsee it. You saw the cut? Yeah, just yeah. Google the cover to Men my Behind God, the Sun. I'm not watching. And you will not be watching Men nope, Behind. I'm done. I've seen it now. All right. Yeah. But your number one. Heinrich Himmler. Ugh, the architect of the final solution. You know, I when I sent my list to Shane, I specifically wanted to exclude Hitler because Hitler is the most evil and it's very obvious. But Heinrich Himmler is the one who is actually the brainchild of the final, the final solution. He is the director, the facilitator, the overseer of the death camps and the concentration camps. He forms the Einstein's group and the death squads that go through Europe. He is also this weird occult following, like anti-all religion, worshiping the old German gods, sketchy racial policy, using gas, huge douche lord, piece of crap. <laughs> oh, I hate him. Yeah, he's... I I, him I, and you know what? And what's funny about your argument, because like I said, I still hold that Hitler because he's the one that leads those people. He led good people to do terrible things, but Himmler, the nuts and bolts of it, like to actually have to sit down with a piece of paper and come up with it, that's inherently horrible also. I am in no way defending Adolf Hitler, and I want to clearly say... <laughs> you that hey, you heard it here. Not, I, there it is. Gam Adam. I am not a Hitler. Adam Hitler. Hitler took anti-Semitism that had been around for decades and ran with it. Himmler is the one who creates this systemic destruction of Jewish people. Yeah. It's, and, and like and think about I remember one time I was in college and one time I was in college. There was that time. Um when I was in the, and somebody asked, we had a professor who was very you know, researched on the Holocaust said, 
why is this the worst thing that ever happened in the world? And he said, it's the first time a modern nation state tried to exterminate an entire race of people. And Himmler is a key figure behind that. You know, and the fact that it, it had happened, you had seen genocides before. We see genocides now. Idi Amin was on my list. Um, and I took him off to replace him with Osama bin Laden. But I think, you know, you, Himmler and the whole idea behind how efficient it was supposed to be is a terrifying idea. Well, guys, great. Hope y'all job. enjoyed your uh, entertaining podcast we gave for you tonight. Good great Lord. Job. Hope you're going to sleep well tonight. <laughs> yeah. I think our thirty, our thirty Just listeners looking that, at the cover of Men Behind the Sun again has upset. Oh, oh yeah. it's awful. Well, our thirty say, listeners now down to four because we had such an entertaining night. Oh, I said this would be the last. Hey, listen, this was a user requested list, so it, well, this is the last time we. This is on them. them. <laughs> um, all right, so wrapping it up real quick. Our number ones for worst people of all time. Adam says Heinrich Himmler. Mathis says Hitler. Okay. Notable omission, Genghis Khan. I can't, I can't imagine that why he's not number one. Um, and then looking at top 10 sitcoms of all time, Adam, his number one was Seinfeld. And Mathis says Parks and Rec. And of course, for some reason, How I Met Your Mother did not make either list. But burn it to the ground. <laughs> we already explained why it's crap. I don't need to explain it again. For those of you who have been enjoying this podcast, we will actually be bringing you a special episode next week, episode 2.5. It'll be one list, and it will be us talking about the top 10 things about the low country of South Carolina because we are having a severe debate about what is the geography of that. And we Just have the Black River. What? It's going to be me screaming out about a map that none of you can see. <laughs> For 45 minutes, so, it's going to be a good time. Just look for that next week for your uh, <laughs> midweek uh, drive to work. Again, you will get this on Tuesday as to uh, opposed to the normal Wednesday. Uh, Warzone update, Mathis. Warzone update after F- FID goes after the idea, or Shane, as you know him. Shane comes up with a unilateral decision, the Hitler-style decision, to make us wow. restart our list. Really? Um we have to go through, and I am currently in the lead with five victories, followed by Adam at four, and bringing up the rear, as he always is, is Shane with two victories. Um, He's a real rear kind of guy. Yeah, I'm getting ready to be up another one once freak, once Adam goes because we already have a surrender by by Shane, so I'm about to be just moseying on through. I got, the world, the world is going to write itself. I got mouth-a-donged. <laughs> You got mad. Yep. So, for those of you that want to face off with us in Warzone, or you just want to submit your own list, or no one's ever going to play, or hate, <laughs> or hate that Mathis chose Bernie Madoff for the fourth worst person of all time, and you want to let us know about it, or you want to request your own list, you can email us at perlopodcast at gmail.com. That's P E R L O. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Yes, we spell Perlo. One of the things I love about the low country is that we spell the uh, Perlo correctly, but that's okay. I'll let that go. Yep. Hey, when you email us, make sure you're really critical and you tell us all the things that we did wrong and that you would have done differently. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's mainly what I'm looking forward to. I want to know exactly what you would have done and your list. 
and, and I, in no way, shape, or form, uh, do not. Does get- does the seventh floor crew and Brett Romberg make the top sitcoms of all time? Will that be an argument <laughs> this week? That is the only argument there is. All right. So, thank you very much for tuning in. Listen to us. Rate us five stars. Hopefully, we'll be on Apple soon. Good sweet Dude, lord, this was a Steve long Jobs one. is holding us back from the grave. It's <laughs> awful. Him and his stupid you sweaters. Know what? Steve Jobs is on my evil list now. <laughs> a lot of people died jumping out of Apple's, you know, factories because Steve Jobs is a POS. <laughs> we'll New see balances. you next week, episode two point five. Hope you enjoyed episode two. Have a great Tuesday. Yeah, please email us all your big ideas. I can't wait to not read them.